Louis, as we're talking, most of Australia has gone into some sort of a lockdown. We were just saying off camera. Oh, by the way, everyone that doesn't know Louis Christopher is, he's the, uh, let's call him the owner and founder um, of SQM. Hi, Liam from McGrath. Hi to everyone that's coming on. He's the uh, 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 guy that set up SQM, which uh, is a fantastic organisation to give you um, um, an update on the trends of real estate. There's some incredible reports that this guy puts out with his business. And Louis, I presume you're at home? Yeah, that's right, Tom. Yep, at home today. Uh, so, uh, uh, but I, I'm, I'm still sometimes going into the office, even though maybe I'm being a bit naughty, you don't necessarily have to, but as a business owner, you still got to go in there, make sure the servers are working and all that stuff. But yeah, it's well, uh, speaking to you from home today. This is, Louis, this is, I reckon this is the best lockdown in the world, the one in Sydney at the moment. And I'll tell you why, because there is restrictions. There's no question about it. Like you don't go and sit in a cafe, right? And you don't go to the gym. Um, but I tell you one thing, you, you know, I went in and bought, my feet were cold today and I bought a pair of Ugg boots, right? They were freezing. So I did go to the shops and when I was shopping, I bought some, some food and all the stuff that you buy. And I bought a pair of next door, there was a shop that had, uh, shoes and I bought those. Um, there's people out in the streets. Um, there are people working. I see a lot of people working, um, um, buyers, um, are still seeing real estate as we speak in certain parts of Australia. In Sydney, for instance, it's totally legal to take a buyer through a property and it's totally legal to do a listing presentation. Um, so it is a, it's a different lockdown to the ones that we had when I was talking to you about, you know, 14 months ago. If you recall, Louis, we had a Zoom right in the heart of the, the first lockdown. It's a different lockdown, isn't it? It is a different lockdown time. It's it's a softer lockdown uh, in just calling it straight. This time last year, everybody knew what was an essential service. There were absolute rules in terms of which shops could stay open and which shops could not. This time around, it's a little bit more grey. Uh, it remains to be seen where this softer lockdown works and brings the cases down to zero. Obviously, there is a risk that the lockdown, the so-called lockdown could be extended or expanded if it's not working, uh, which obviously wouldn't be good for everyone if that did happen. But I will say now that we, we know a lot more about coronavirus. We, we know a lot more about how the country responds and the economy responds to coronavirus. Uh, and so I think, you know, this time last year, there was a lot of uncertainty we were fairly bearish about the market. We thought there was just too much uncertainty would scare buyers off. In the end, buyers were attracted to a lot of government stimulus and lower interest rates. So this time round, look, hey, even if the lockdown is extended in New South Wales and other states, provided it doesn't go on month after month after month, I think the housing market will get through it fairly easily uh, and, and buy demand will continue to remain strong. So, Louis, two days ago, you released a, a report on listing numbers for June, correct? That's right. 
That, that is absolutely right. Uh, and what I can tell you about total listings for the month of June, uh, Tom, was that nationwide there was some 236,000 properties for sale. This time last year, there was actually over 300,000. So there's been a drop in total listings compared to this time last year of about 21%. Now, when we break the numbers down between looking at, say, new listings and old listings, I can tell you now that new listings compared to this time last year are actually up by about 26%. Uh, so it's actually been re a relatively good period for agents across the country in terms of new listings. Old listings have actually um, fallen by half compared to this time last year. So we had about, when I define an old listing, that's, that's uh, a listing that's been on the market over 180 days, so basically over half a year. There was about 138,000 of those this time last year, June 2020. And those type of properties, so that old stock, there's now only about 73,000. So there's been a massive fall in old listings, bringing the total stock down for the year. Uh, and when I see that, that generally means that buyers are out there. That there's a greater absorption rate of stock. Buyers are willing to buy that crummy old property that's been on the market for a long time because the price was way too high when they listed it. Buyers are willing to take out those properties now, Tom. So, Louis, what I'm hearing you saying is old listings less, new listings is up. And up for the year, down for the month. Keep in mind, June's normally a, a quieter month for listings as you, as you go into winter. Uh, but, yeah, definitely new listings are up for the year. In fact, well, I was just looking at the, the longer-term time series for Sydney and uh, the rest of the nation back to 2010 before we got on live. Uh, and anyone can see this on our website, sqmresearch.com.au. Um, and the, in terms of new listing activity, Tom, it, it's probably the best I've seen it since about 2011. Wow. New listings. Yeah, absolutely. When I look at the new listings to date for the year to date, 2021 to date, it's been the strongest first half I've seen since about 2011, or based on the numbers. So we're talking about calendar year now, Louis. That's right. We are. Okay. So, and I think I think that's reflected. I think I think the truth is most real estate agents are saying these are good times, you know, and good times normally equals listings and then being sold. And, both, exactly and right. both things have been happening. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very hard to make agents happy, Tom, because either you've got lots of listings, but it's a soft market, or you've got hardly any listings and it's a strong market, right? And it's and, really and, well, and you would call this you would call this a good agent market. I'd have to be. It's a, it's almost Goldilocks because you're getting a strong market and you're getting strong new listings. It, it doesn't get too much better than this for agents. Just calling it straight. Hopefully, I don't offend anyone out there. <laughs> no, no, no. And I think it's really important that people should be grateful for the situation. And I'm hoping that they're saving a little bit of their money. And I'm also saying to people right here, right now, you can't expect something that's going to continue forever. Now, Louis, you know, no one knows, but you have a feeling that there's enough reasons to suggest that once we go out of this lockdown as a country again, that real estate should continue on its merry way? Yeah, I, I think so, Tom. Uh, 
I think the market's been heavily supported by very low interest rates and continues to be supported by very low interest rates. It's been also supported by relatively easier lending by the banking sector. And of course, a lot of government stimulus, which has created a recovery in the, in the wider economy. Let's remember unemployment is now back to 5%. Remember this time last year, Tom, we were looking at unemployment, effective real unemployment, well over 10%. Uh, so there's been a real turnaround in economic activity. And that's been driven by the correct decisions in supporting the economy. So, Louis, and I'm can get you here without giving you any notice on this. I heard yesterday that uh, Josh Frydenberg said we're going to have to realise we're not going to be able to balance our budget for the next forty years, or something like that. Did you hear that? Um, that we're going to have a deficit. Yeah, yeah. So I think the government is preparing us so that they they're not going to get back into the black anytime soon, which I think is a worry. Uh, I think uh, you know the, the 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 budget eventually does need to get into the black. We cannot keep on accumulating our borrowings forever at the public level. Uh, I think that's an unhealthy thing. And for those governments worldwide which have continually run budget deficits, sooner or later they get themselves into a world of trouble. Think of Greece, for example. So, 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 so Louis, uh, and maybe a little bit of an economic lesson for basic real estate people that are watching this. How does it all work? Let's assume, you know, you, when there's trouble in an economy, the government comes along and says, no worries, we're going to give you some support. Here it is, whatever it is, job keeper or, you know, job seeker or this grant here or this, that, Right. Right, and that and that helps, right? That helps. That you know that 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 makes things bearable and improves the current situation. At what point do you pay a price for that? You start paying a price where, um, through that intense borrowing, your creditors start demanding a higher interest rate, uh, and and that just happens in real life. If you start borrowing too much, Tom, individually. Sooner or later, your bank's going to say, you know what, we, we can't lend to you at 2.75% anymore. The next loan's now going to be 5% because you're higher risk. You're higher risk of defaulting. And, 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 who, that, does, and who does the government borrow money from, Louis? They borrow money from various sources, mainly international sources. They also borrow money uh, from effectively the Reserve Bank of Australia. And when they do that, that's effectively printing money. And the Reserve Bank of Australia has been doing that of late. So the government issues a 10-year bond, it's called 10-year Commonwealth Government Bond, and of late, the Reserve Bank of Australia has been buying those bonds. And how do they buy those bonds? They create the money to buy the bonds. So that there, there has been a bit of uh, increase in money supply or money printing uh, and it's not just here in Australia. This has been a, a bit of a worldwide phenomenon. But that sounds uh, like a great. But Louis, that sounds like a great solution. Just get a machine to print more money off. Like, what's the catch? That sounds great. <laughs> that just sounds. That sounds great. Just print off money and just give it. Like, where, where's the where's the hiccup here? It's the, the hiccup here is inflation. Um, you're effectively creating more money for the same amount of goods and services. So prices start going up for everything. 
uh, and your international creditors or your, your overall creditors start losing faith in you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's always a catch. Uh, and in the extreme, uh, you know, think of uh, Weimar Germany just after the first, the first World War, where well, they started getting inflation at, you know, over, over 20,000%. Not that we're going to, we're not going to, nothing like that's going to happen to you, Tom. We've got a, a solid foundation for an economy. Um, so we're, we're not going to have that. But the chances of inflation and, and more and more, there has been more and more chatter out there worldwide of the potential for inflation of late because of all this money printing that's been going on. Um, the, the chances of inflation start to increase. And if we do go into a world of higher inflation, things may well happen there. Firstly, um, uh, the price of real assets, including real estate, goes up. Okay, so it, 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 it generally starts going up uh, because people are looking for assets as a protection against inflation. So they start buying real assets, including um, uh, real estate. The other thing too, um, is that you, you will see the Reserve Bank eventually respond with higher interest rates to try and control inflation. Now, we haven't seen that as yet. Uh, at the moment, the Reserve Bank of Australia is still focused on supporting the economy coming out of COVID. So they're not willing to lift interest rates now, but some have flagged, some senior people have flagged that there will come a time when interest rates may well rise again. And the Recent speculation is that we may well see a rate rise as early as next year. We'll see. There's a lot of water between now and, and next year and a lot of X factors. That okay. A question, a question's come in from Simon. The big query I have is what impact um, zero international migration will have over the months to come? Surely it has to have a bit of a bite at some point. Migration, Louis. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So, up until prior to COVID, Australia's population growth rate was running at about 1.5% a year or, or running at effectively about just over 300,000 people a year in terms of expansion. That was largely supported by net migration of some 240,000 people. Uh, so now we're not getting any net migration. We're, we're, you know, the net migration, the budget forecast, is we get zero, we might actually see an outflow of people from Australia. So that normally is bad news for property. Normally it is. And I would say that it, it, that bad news has been playing out in the inner city apartment markets of Melbourne and Sydney, where on our numbers, we're recording price falls and rent falls in those two particular markets. But for now, what's been overriding those falls in unit prices has been the strong upward momentum of regional Australia, because not only have we had the situation of, of closing the borders, but we've also had a lot of people move into regional Australia, and that's been pushing prices up dramatically uh, for regional property. And on top of that, people have also been looking in suburban capital cities for larger properties. So in this current boom that we've been seeing in the capital cities of Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, and many of the other capital cities, the focus has been on freestanding houses as opposed to units. 
And so there's been a big boom in prices of freestanding houses because people have been looking for larger properties because they're working from home a lot more and they want to they they want to they want more space at home. So so Louis, I'm curious if we have this marketplace that you know three weeks later the country's back again and life's booming. What 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 can a government do to slow a market? What are the things that governments do to slow real estate markets? Well, of, of recent history here in Australia, what governments have been doing is restricting lending. So if we wind ourselves back between 2015 to 2017, you may recall the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, APRA, otherwise it's known, stepped into the market by putting restrictions that particularly focus on investment lending. So they, they required, in terms of lending by the banks, a lower LVR. They put restrictions on servicing in terms of what you could include as part of servicing or increasing servicing buffers. And that basically culminated in our property downturn that we had, which started effectively the second half of 2017 and went through all the way through to the federal election of 2019. Uh, so potentially if the market keeps running as strong as it is, we could see APRA step into the market again and tell the banks to restrict lending upon investors. Okay. Do you think that's going to happen? I think if the market keeps running as hot as it is, Tom, I think the chances are uh, very high that we will see APRA step in. It's a matter of when will we see them step in. And I'm watching their language that, that they're releasing very closely. And at the moment, they're saying, well, we're monitoring the market and we're telling banks to watch their balance sheets and do the right thing on lending, but they haven't created any rules as well yet. But they're paving the way for action. Um, and they did this on the last upswing where in 2013 and 24, they were paving the way for action and they started the action in 2015. So I think that the odds have increased that we will see potentially APRA step into the market next year uh, or as early as the final quarter of this year, things get really too hot. I don't think the market's now running as hot as what it was in the March quarter, Tom. So potentially that might hold off APRA for a little bit more um, a little bit further down the track, for lack of better words. So, um, yeah. So, Louis, the last thing I want to talk to you about is this scenario that we're faced in now. I'm doing online auctions. So I had one last night yes. and it got called off. They called it off. Yes. Um, I've got a whole day set up for Saturday, but I've noticed even today two of them have been called off. Um, I'm fascinated on what's going to happen with auctions over the next couple of weeks, Louis. You know, any comments on that? Yeah, well, look, just looking at the number of auctions coming through for this weekend. So we've got 802 in Sydney and 909 in Melbourne. Now, Tom, you may recall I had a chat with you over the phone roughly Thursday last week yeah. asking you how your book was looking because I was thinking potentially we would see some Sydney vendors start to reschedule their auctions. What they did last weekend to beat the lockdown was that they brought their auctions forward. Yeah. Now, that's fine for the first weekend. That's what happened with Melbourne as well in the first week of their lockdown 
but from the second weekend, the third weekend, fourth weekend in Melbourne, there was a massive number of rescheduled properties. And I think we're going to see the same thing in Sydney, Tom. I, I suspect we're going to see uh, when we do our numbers tomorrow, there'll be a very high rescheduled rate. I don't think many vendors are yet fully on board with the notion of a digital auction and particularly with the notion of, of a buyer buying a property unseen. I think vendors think it's better to buy, see their property. Yeah, so Louis, that's interesting because we're going to see a collision of stock that was postponed and stock that would have normally have come on happen at the same period, which will say to me that there should be in August, let's say roughly, depending on how the infection numbers go, we're going to see um, a high number of listings on the market because we're going to see the, the postponement of the, you know, July, late June stock um, and uh, the normal spring seasonal stock that comes on. Yeah, we, we may well see that, Tom. Um, what we saw in Melbourne was actually a lot of vendors just trying to time the lockdown and they actually only moved their property, they, they rescheduled their property one week back or another week back they, there were definitely a number of them that moved it a month back, uh, but uh, we, we recorded a record number of uh, properties going to auction in Melbourne just a week after the lockdown. Uh, so I, I think vendors are still keen to sell their property, obviously, Tom. They want to move their property, uh, and I think uh, vendors are going to try and time this lockdown as best they can. All right, Louis. Anyway, guys and girls, jump on sqm.com.au. I've got to tell you, if you've got time now during the lockdown and you want to use your time to actually educate, improve yourself, make the shift and becoming someone that comes across as a trusted advisor than someone that just shoots off the hip, SQM is as good a re is as good as resource that I know out there. Um, whether it's a um, a report on you know volume numbers whether it's actually looking at some of the data of suburbs and um, the uh, – do you still have that report, Louis, where you're able to work out the uh, um, salaries of areas based on postcode? Oh, and absolutely. We, we got that, Tom, and it's still there for free. Uh, sorry to correct you. It's sqmresearch.com.au. Sorry, guys and girls. You just SQM. go to sqm.com.au you'll go to a property developer. We don't do property development. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, sqmresearch.com.au, and, yeah, we've got all our auction stats up there. Uh, we've got we've got various services there, including services for real estate agents. Yeah, one of the reasons I, you know, I don't have a financial relationship with Louis Christopher, but one of the things that I like is the methodology that he uses for auctions, which is far more accurate on the marketplace. And what he does is he actually um, has a revised clearance rate based on um, what has happened um, a couple of days after the auction, um, which is significantly better because, look, I work in the world of real estate on the weekends and I know what it works and I know what it looks like. Sometimes when the news is not good, it doesn't seem to be reported on the day. And those figures can actually have a clearance rate on the Saturday being significantly better than what it would be on the Tuesday. 
Yeah, look, uh, that, that, that's true, Tom. I think our primary intent and motivation is to improve information in the housing market, improve transparency. I think if, if we have better information and transparency, then everyone's a winner. Agents are winners, consumers are winners, and there's more confidence in the marketplace. But if there's if there's some murky water surrounding how data's put together or the data doesn't look right, that actually takes confidence away from our asset class. Well said. All right, Louis, I'll leave you to it. And um, you heard it here, guys. It's a good time to be in real estate because stock levels are up. Confidence is high. Buyers are buying that stock. And, um, yeah, maybe treat the next week or so as a little bit of a winter break for you. Thanks a lot, Louis. Thank you, Tom.